0: Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along today, especially if you're new. I hope you will subscribe and come back with us. Join us every single day. We get into the word of God every day here, 830 AM live. And then later on, you can watch or listen to the podcast on, on, on your favorite, uh, Apple Spotify or Google platform, but we get into the word of God every day. And I hope that you will join us, make a commitment. It'll make a difference put the treasure of God's word in your heart, and then that good treasure can spill out into your relationships with other people. We've been talking about the question, do each of us determine our own morality? Of course, this is what is taught in our culture. It's what's taught not only in our schools, but it's taught in our movies and in our music. It's taught in the general culture that we must respect people's moral choices and the decisions they make. Of course, this could mean they decide to have premarital sex. They could decide not to be married. They could be, decide to be homosexual. They could decide to be transsexual. They could do de- all these things. And we're strongly encouraged to respect people's individual decisions. Now, let's be clear that when we talk about we determine our own morality and we decide what's right for ourselves, no one's talking there about you can. it's okay if you want to murder people. It's okay if your morality says you're going to lie all the time or your morality, you want to be a thief. We, we still tell people don't do those things. And of course, in the schools, they definitely tell you, if you if you were to say, well, in my morality, I'm going to be a racist, or I'm going to be disrespectful of other people's decisions. No, that's one thing you'd be judged for. That's one thing you're not allowed to do. So when we say that mor- morality is relative, what they're really talking about is sex and sexuality. It spills out into these other areas. This is why we need to talk about why, what is the moral truth behind theft, or even murder, or lying, or things of this nature. However, what we're talking about today, it's really what it's all about. This is what they're getting at. This is what they want to encourage. Now, understand, we of course do live, we're the second or third generation of what's called the sexual revolution, which began in the academic circles in the 50s, and then really in the popular culture, with the development, with the begin publishing Hugh Hefner and his Playboy magazine, and began what we know as the Playboy lifestyle. And that is, uh, you can do whatever you want sexually, and it's all about pleasure, not responsibility. It's not about uh, commitment, it's simply about pleasure. And of course, the other big aspect that enters into this is the development of birth control. And you, if you were to go to the Museum of American History in in, um, in Washington D.C., you would see an exhibit on the development of the pill and how the pill changed American life because it changed the what women can do and their role, their understanding of who they are, their place in the workplace, their place in the family, their place in society, etc. That little pill made all the difference. So, what's the Bible say about all this stuff? And when you talk about morality? Remember when we when we're dealing here in this week on moral issues, we're really talking about five things that have to do with how we directly relate to other people. And our answer for what what is morally right comes from our answer is real simple. It's found in Exodus chapter 20 and why is something right or something wrong? Our answer is really it's simply this that Then God spoke all these things, saying, I am the Lord your God. And then he talks about four aspects of, you know, you shall not have false gods. You shall not have idols. You shall not take my name in vain. You shall honor the Sabbath. And he talks about the family, parents, honor your parents. And then he says this, you shall not murder. Simple, straightforward, to the point. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. We want to talk today about this, the second one here, the seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. I make the claim on campus that I can't think of any, this is a painful generation. Young people today, they all talk about their pain, and so many of them are in pain and so many of them are treated with mental illnesses and they have treatments and see, need to see a counselors, need medication to deal with their pain. And I make the point that I can't think of anything in our culture here in America that has caused more pain to more people than either they or someone close to them having violated this seventh commandment. I can't think of anything. Can you? I mean, it hurts if someone lies or betrays you or cheats on you or steals from you. But those aren't as common nor as deeply hurtful as if you violated this commandment or or if someone else close to you violated this commandment, broke out of the boundaries of what God says. I often say sex is like a river. You know, a river within its boundaries is life-giving. That's where you you build cities on rivers. You, you fertile land near rivers. You irrigate from rivers. Rivers bring life. But if those rivers overflow those boundaries, you have a flood, then what was meant to be life-giving can become very, very destructive. And indeed, in our culture, sex has become destructive, has it not? It's been a source of tremendous pain. At the heart of this commandment, we uh, find—I believe—what is the? Well, get into this. The five P's. We talk about the five P's, and the five P's. Let's look at them. and, And again, I give credit and thanks to Josh McDowell for teaching me this. When you look at a moral question, the first P is: What is the precept? What is the commandment? The command of God is: You shall not commit adultery. Now. This is important that we, if I could step back one bit, important we really understand how to do this because the other thing that, I had brain freeze for a minute, but that what I wanted to say about this commandment is not only is it so widely broken, but it's the one commandment that we're told is fun to break. It's the one commandment that the, the overwhelming cultural influence is you'll, have, you'll enjoy breaking this one. Indeed, no one would say, hey, you go kill somebody, that's going to be fun. Or if you go steal things, man, that's a lot of fun. Or you, you just, if you lie to people, just get off on that. That's just so fun. But there is this, why we need to be strong on this one is because it is presented to us as violating this commandment is real, real fun, real pleasure, real joy is to be found. Indeed, we'll, as we'll see in a moment, the purpose of, the, the, this commandment, well, let's get into the five Ps, excuse me, I have so much to say. You shall not commit adultery. What's the principle behind it? This is what I want to get into. The principle is the importance of the family. This commandment assumes that you're married. Adultery is to violate or to defile the marriage bed, to violate your marriage vows. I know some people on campus tell me, well, I can't commit adultery, I'm not married. It's okay if I have premarital sex or if I'm promiscuous now because I'm not married, it's okay. Well, this assumes that you're going to get married and that sexual activity is for the family. And Indeed, the enjoyment or the pleasure that comes from sexual relation is designed to strengthen the family. That's the purpose of it. It's one of the reasons, I mean, God created sex. God could have made it unenjoyable if he wanted, but there's something wonderful about it. Something beautiful about it because it's designed to be within the marriage and it's supposed to strengthen the marriage, the relationship between the husband and wife. Unfortunately, sin has caused it to have the exact opposite effect, and that is when you commit adultery and go outside of the marriage, it destroys the family, it breaks down the family. You see how the devil works? The devil takes in the flesh sin takes the good things, the things God intends for good, and it turns it around for the bad. And so there's a principle here behind the precept, the the commandment, no adultery. The principle is nothing sexually that would weaken the family. This would include adultery, defiling your marriage bed, breaking your marriage vows. It certainly includes premarital sex or what the Bible calls fornication, so many people today are getting married they've already had so many sexual partners they've been been made one with them and broken up it's like they've left so much of themselves behind they're not able to give themselves fully to their new partner or they they don't have all of themselves to give anymore because they gave some of that to another person it certainly includes homosexuality where where you have two people who do not complement one another male and female and uh, this, is, this is bad for the family where the God's idea of a family as a man and a woman uh, become one flesh and produce children. It's bad for all the multitude of ways we think of having some sort of sexual pleasure now that undermines the sanctity, the wholeness, the strength of the family. What's behind it? Well, God's behind it. Isn't something God allows us to call him by family names? We call God our father. It's kind of unique to our religion to do that. Other religions don't refer to God. Now, Judaism in some places does, but other religions don't refer to God as father. The church is known as the bride of Christ. He's the groom. We're his bride. It's amazing that the, the Bible speaks in these terms of our relationship with God in these family terms, which just shows us why why the family is so important in developing and understanding our relationship with God. You see the family break down. You see the marriages break down, families break down. You're going to see fewer and fewer people understand the type relationship God wants us to have with Him. And it does affect. It does affect who comes to Christ. We talk about the, the 5P that protects us from well, what, you know, obviously to abide by God's sexual boundaries, by God's sexual precepts of no adultery, no homosexuality, no promiscuity, no, no pornography, none of these things. It protects us from a marriage breakdown Unwanted pregnancies, sexually transmitted diseases, which are rampant, more common, most likely, I don't have the figures off the top of my head, probably a lot more common than COVID is. It protects us from a broken heart. I tell students on campus, they've, they've, they've done a lot of research on condoms, but they've never made one that can protect you from a broken heart. And people who see this sexual relation as nothing but biological exercise or whatever, they're losing the that they're spiritual beings and that there's emotion evolved and that we become one with a person. And when that breaks up, what happens? Our heart gets broken. So many of the problems in our day, as I said earlier, so many of our problems and so much of the pain caused is either they were they overstepped God's boundaries or someone close to them that they love or has an influence on them did. We talk about this explosion of mental health crises amongst young people today, explosion of their, their sense of uh, their insecurity, their need for safe spaces, all these things, explosion even of suicide. Don't think that a great deal of this isn't directly related to the fact they've been raised in this pornography generation. They've been raised where they've seen so much betrayal. They've been raised where sex has been spread outside the family and it's become the hookup generation and essentially the commitment that God has of sex within the family unit. So many of them have, they've they've been defiled. We're raising the first generation in the history of the world with access to the internet, seeing things that other, gen- other generations have not had access to at the youngest of ages, and it's defiling them, and it's destroying people terribly. We have sown a bad crop, and we're reaping a bitter harvest as individuals, families, and certainly as a culture. What does following God's commandment, no adultery or no promiscuity, fornication, what's that provide? Well, it provides for a healthy, stable, secure family where children are raised in a healthy and stable environment. So when we talk to, when we think of ourselves and the temptations we face, or we talk with our children and help them know how to deal with the temptations. We need to deal, We need to help them understand all these things. God has a commandment and it should be enough to simply say, then God said, thus I am the Lord. Here's the law. That ought to be enough. But help go through the five Ps with them to show the principle behind it. It's not just a matter of God's taking away your fun. You want to have a healthy family, a strong family. I tell students that my, I have three goals for the students on campus. I say I hope that after you listen to me, I hope that for every one of you, you'll find your calling in life, you'll have as happy of a family life as I've had, and you will have a relationship. You'll know God and have a relationship with God the same way I do, not necessarily in that order. But those are my three goals for people. And that's what people want. We have to help our our, our young people understand what they're doing now, choices they make. Things they do with their boyfriend and girlfriend now when they're in high school or college or whatever before marriage do affect what their marriage will someday be like. This seventh commandment is designed to give them a happy family. And I tell the students on campus, you know, if you're going to die at age 18 or something, then it might seem like these commandments, God's taking away your pleasure. But if you're going to live like most people, like my age, you're going to be one day 50 or 60 or 70. This commandment is designed to give you lifelong security and enjoyment and give and experience a true depth of love. That's what this commandment's about. We're sold a bill of goods. The sexual revolution's a bill of goods. It's a lie. It promises something it does not deliver. It promises, as it says in Proverbs 7, it's like you're going to get a healthy sandwich or want something you like to eat and it's a mouthful of sand and gravel. Nope. It's a lie. It'll like be like an ox led to slaughter if you violate these commandments. God loves us. God's commandment, this seventh commandment is a commandment designed to enable you to have a healthy, enjoyable, lovely family for a lifetime. So many people, they don't have anything like that anymore. Why? Because they've bought into the lie of the sexual revolution. Let's not you and I buy into it. Amen. Let's do remember also that Jesus added this. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Jesus is interested not only in the outward action, he's interested in the heart. The way we and and we've got to give our heart to God. We've got to pray that God would give us a purity of heart. And indeed, as I mentioned earlier, in this whole pornography epidemic, we have no idea. This is sweeping the world. We have no idea how this how badly this is damaging the youth. How people are exploiting evil people, evil people. They're trafficking women. They're addicting them to drugs, then using it in these pornography movies. And they're they're exploiting. The curiosity, the natural curiosity, and the desire for pleasure of our youth and of our adults and of the members of our churches. Let's remember that this also is part of his command, this prohibition. This is breaking down the family. I hold I I I have a picture of Hugh Hefner that I sometimes hold up on campus, the founder of Playboy magazine. And I point out and this guy with this, and the smirk on his face and the smile on the bunnies surrounding him has probably, what he initiated and unleashed on our world, has probably led to more divorce than any other person. What he's done led to more divorce than anything caused by any other person in the history of the world. Stop and think about that. More people, I, I, I don't have, again, I don't have the statistics, but I'm pretty confident. That what he unleashed on the world with his Playboy magazine has led to more divorce, unhappy marriages, strife between families, and ultimately betrayal than any other person who's ever lived in the history of the world. Folks, this is the time we live in. He's passed on. He's met his maker now. He's, he's accountable for what he's done. But others have taken what he's done and exploded it far further. Let's us fight this fight for the godly family and the seventh commandment. Father, sometimes we feel like we're a voice crying in the wilderness when we call upon people to live according to this seventh commandment. You shall not commit adultery. Protect your family. Sex only between a man and his wife in the family. We see it violated a hundred ways. We we get mocked for what we believe in. We get called names. We get called old-fashioned, Victorian. We, we, Lord, it takes guts. It takes courage. It takes backbone to stand up for what you say is true in this day and age. We're called homophobic, transphobic, all these phobics, all these labels that are put upon us. Lord, it's that we love you. We believe your ways are right about everything. We believe you are the living God. We trust you. We follow your ways. Your, your precepts, we love them. Your law, we love it. It's right. And the benefit of following it is rich and deep and lasting. We know sometimes the world offers us temporary, immediate gratification without telling us the consequences of our choices. And Lord, we believe that you tell us, follow me, do what's right, live this way, and the benefits of Are amazing. We believe that. We pray, Father. I pray today. I pray today for the families in our churches, Lord, to be strong, to be stable, to be protected from all the temptation and all the attacks upon them. I pray this for our children to understand the importance that we pray for each of our children to one day have a successful and happy family themselves, Lord. We pray for this. We pray for those who've fallen away, Lord, that you might rescue them. You might bring them back. It's never too late. We pray, Lord, I want to pray today for those of us on this live stream or listening later who, who the, the, there's been violation of these commandments in their, in their marriage, in their family, and they've experienced the pain that comes from, from uh, betrayal or adultery or being cheated on, all these things. I pray, Father, give them comfort today. Give them encouragement. Give them hope and assure them of the forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you can take the worst of situations and you can make them beautiful. You can take our mess and you can make it right. We thank you that you are the mighty God. There's no problem we have that's too big for our God. Some problems are definitely too big for us. They're too big for the government. They're too big for the education. They're too big for anyone we know, but they're not too big for you. And we thank you that you can take the worst of things and make them good. We pray for this, Father. We repent for our own land. As we think of this abortion decision, so much of it relates to the sexual revolution. So much of the the people getting uh, with unwanted pregnancies, Lord, is because we've fallen for this lie of of rejecting your standards and your ways, rejecting you, really, Father. We pray that we in the church of God, we who name the name of Christ, would be willing to to stand for what's good and true in this area of moral purity and of protecting of the family as you designed it to be, and that we'd be willing to bear any cost or any criticism, would not back down because we're afraid of what people would say about us. And Lord, you said wisdom is vindicated by our deeds. And I pray that the wisdom of our choices to follow you and honor you would be vindicated in our own marriage relationships in our long-term marriages, and in our children. We pray for that. I know our children have targets on them. Lord, I know, I know the devil wants to destroy the, the, off, the, the offspring of the righteous. Protect our children. Watch over them. Uh, de- deliver them from temptation. Keep them from evil, we pray, especially in these, this area of sexual temptation. We pray all these things today, and we bless you, and we love you, and we will follow you, In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Well, it's kind of a tougher message today, wasn't it? I hope you're encouraged. Like I said, there's probably a number of us who have, either us or someone close to us, has violated these these laws, these precepts, and you've paid a price. It's hurt. It's painful. I trust God is bringing healing into your life and blessing into your life and strength into your life and joy into your life remember what's past is past. Our God is a healer. Allow him to heal you, make you whole, and make you alive, okay? I do want to draw one attention, one quick prayer request. Uh, I forgot to say, James. Lord, I pray for James, and his counteract surgery tomorrow. You'd bless it. Help it go well. Give him good sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining me. If you're here on the live stream, sometimes people share a prayer request. I do like to pray for it if I can. So thanks for joining me. If you're new, make sure you subscribe, hit the notify, like, come back, share with your friends, be here every day. We're not once a week Christians, once a day Christians, or just when we feel like a Christians. We want to be every day, 24-7 Christians. And it means we've got to hide the Word of God in our heart and be strengthened by it. And in this world in which we live, this day in which we live, we've got to be strong in the Word of God. That's why we're here. I hope you join us and you get stronger every single day, okay? So until we meet tomorrow, might God bless you, strengthen you, fill you with His grace, assure you of His love, give you courage, and remember, you have the joy of the Lord. The world didn't give it to you. Don't let the world take it away from you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.